And this is Father McConville again, back for our last talk on the call to holiness, a little uh, series on spirituality, again, practical spirituality, just uh, how we live the life uh, of loving union with God. So this uh, final section, we're going to talk about the life of prayer, uh, specifically uh, with regard to the call to holiness. So let's review as we usually do as I start each of these talks. First, we remember that God calls us to a loving union with him and that that's how we were created with an intellect and a will to know and to love, uh, to be able to recognize uh, God's creative hand in creation and that he draws us into that relationship. Uh, but as human beings marked by original sin, we are often misled and seek our eternal good in things other than God. So we, uh, we know that God loves us, that he wants us to be in a loving union with him. We have this world around us that um, is attractive, but it's meant to be a sort of a, uh, again, a reflection of the one who is goodness itself. And unfortunately, because um, we can misuse that freedom that God gave us as part of having an intellect and will, uh, we turn away from that loving union with him as our ultimate good and instead look at uh, creatures. And invariably, of course, that gets us into trouble. So how do we uh, battle that, that inclination towards sin? Well, self-examination. And, and through our self-examination, not only to say what it is we're doing that is not uh, helping us in forming a loving union with him or allowing him to, to seek us out, but it's also to, um, to understand what our motivations are. So not only what it is that leads me away, but why I'm allowing myself to be led away. And we talked, remember, last time about instincts. That's something we have in common with all or all uh, sentient, sentient beings, all animals, that they have basic instincts that are necessary for survival. We share those same instincts as well, but we um, also have a rational uh, soul. And so as, as a rational being, uh, we don't allow those instincts to govern us, even though they can be very strong. And of course, our existence, especially in the wild, depends on those instincts uh, to have uh, access to uh, the, the things we need to sustain us. And also that we uh, uh, seek uh, comfort. We, we seek to get you know those things that make us uncomfortable. We try to avoid those things. And sometimes um, uh, they can get uh, in our way as well. But anyway, so that self-examination helps us not only point out what it is we're doing, but why we're doing it, and precisely because it doesn't assist us in forming our loving union with God. So we can then start addressing those things because self-examination, it further impresses upon us our need for God's help in experiencing a loving union with him. Yeah, the more we look at uh, how we're not able to do it ourselves, King Baby is really a pretty uh, incompetent ruler and very uh, incomplete. So as a result, we, uh, the more we realize how our own efforts fall woefully short, 
the more then we can eventually start getting to the place where we say, you know what, I'm tired of doing this myself. I'm, as the old saying goes, I'm going to let go and let God. So prayer and meditation then become a habitual part of this process. Because as we saw, in order to have a loving union with God, that as with any union with anybody, it requires communication. And we, we certainly get communication from God in the form of his word, whether it be uh, through divine revelation and sacred scripture or through the church's teachings. Uh, nevertheless, we get a lot of information from God's side and we're called to communicate back. It's a relationship. It's not a lecture. So uh, we're called then our way of responding is through prayer and meditation, which we're going to talk about in this talk. And uh, also, as human beings marked by original sin, we're often misled. So we see where prayer and meditation is going to help us to keep focused, to uh, allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit and allow the virtues and grace, all of them to work because we're taking time to uh, let them uh, enter into our very being through prayer and meditation and self-examination. As we're realizing uh, how all of this is working, we reach out to God because like I say, the self-examination tells us King Baby is not a very powerful monarch and so we need help. And how do we what, how do we uh, seek that help? At first, we cry out. My soul cries out to you, O Lord. So, prayer and meditation then become part of this process, this forming a loving union with God, as we shall see. So, let's, you know, kind of basic question. What is prayer? It's a good place to start. Well, we have a definition given to us in the compendium of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which I call the CCC. Actually, it's not, uh, I didn't originate that term, but it's known as CCC. Uh, prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the petition of good things from him in accord with his will. So here we got two different uh, sort of aspects of prayer. On the one hand, is we talk about the raising of our mind and heart to God, that is, we can uh, certainly have our minds and hearts set on things of the earth. can think about um, the nice house I'd like to buy. And uh, I'm driving down the road. I see one that just looks just like exactly what's in my mind. And so uh, my heart is now saying, because I see the for sale sign in front of it, um, saying, oh, I want that. We, so we do that all the time in our earthly affairs. Our minds and hearts uh, are connected to to earthly things, not necessarily bad. Like I say, finding a nice house, I mean, especially if one has a family, you want to provide for them, that's certainly a reasonable thing. But in this case, now we're raising our minds and hearts to God. So God becomes the focus. And we can, of course, have our minds and hearts uh, focused on other people as well, in our relationships, uh, family, uh, those who are close to us, certainly our minds and hearts are connected with them. And especially when we're uh, present to them, uh, whether it be on the phone or in person, we are able to communicate with them. So the prayer, raising of mind and heart to uh, God is what prayer is. I suppose we'd call conversation uh, is uh, lifting our minds or focusing our minds and hearts on other people. 
So that's the one thing is just simply the conversation or the consideration that the mindfulness, raising one's mind and heart towards God, or the petition of good things. So here is kind of more prayer. Uh, so prayer, the first thing, the raising of one is more of an action. So the prayer of that, the action of prayer rather, is raising our minds and heart. And the uh, object or the thing, prayer is an object, a thing, is a petition. So we'll often talk about, um, you know, hear my prayer, which is a particular petition. Uh, in fact, it's even interesting when a, um, in law, when someone comes to court and is asking the court to, uh, to judge on a situation, you know, my neighbor uh, uh, broke my uh, uh, tree branch off of uh, the tree, something like that. Um, they, the, the, what the uh, lawyers will say is that this in the petitioner, the one coming to court, is seeking a prayer of relief. That is, he's petitioning, he's asking for something from the court. So we use that term prayer even in, in uh, legal matters, but it's that idea of a petition. So there's a couple of things, but the definition in the compendium goes on. It says it's always the gift of God who comes to encourage man. So interesting that prayer uh, has its origin in God. Once again, another reminder to us that we are created for union with God. That union is something that we need God to uh, help us with. We invite God into our lives. He certainly, uh, you know, sets up the advertising, says, look, here I am. And we say, all right, there you are. I want you in my life. And God says, great, here's what, uh, here's what has to happen. So it's God's gift uh, that encourages us. And, and in prayer, it's a sort of a cycle, as we will see, that as we pray, we grow in desire. And as we desire, we want to pray. So they go hand in hand. And finally, the last part of the definition given in the compendium Christian prayer is the personal and living relationship of the children of God with their Father, who is infinitely good with his Son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit who dwells in their hearts. So a very Trinitarian view, Christian prayer is centered on God, who is a relationship, God, who is a community of persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so there is a, a fourth seat at the table, as it were, for us to, to pull up a chair. And so uh, a personal and living relationship. And we're gonna hear this um, come up again, this idea that prayer is based on a loving relationship. It's, it's personal in the sense that God wants me and he wants you in this relationship as well. It's not a sort of a, a generic um, you in the plural but you in the singular, me singular, not we, although there is a communal dimension, but God wants a loving union with each of us individually. He desires it, gives us all the help necessary for it to happen. It just uh, requires us, again, in freedom. Remember, freedom isn't just simply the ability to do whatever we want. But freedom is to not be inhibited, is not to be held back. And what holds us back is when we don't seek what is truly our good. If we're seeking anything other than our good, we're not really free because we're not uh, living 
as we were made to live. So here's our definition given to us from the compendium of the Now, the compendium also lists a number of different types of prayer. That is, we can categorize prayer in terms of what it is we're doing uh, while we're praying, and they come up with about six or so different um, types of prayer that they list, and basically how they are um, uh, described, especially in sacred scripture. First one, the prayer of blessing, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise always on my lips, as it says in the book of Psalms. So, the, so a prayer of blessing is a prayer, it's very similar to thanksgiving, it's our response to God's gifts. As we experience those those gifts in our lives, as we begin to see that transformation of grace, as we begin to feel the uh, what that um, warmth of that intimate union with God feels like, we respond to it and we say, I bless you, Lord. I mean, it's not that, we're, that God somehow needs to be blessed in the sense of um, like blessing a medal or a statue, but it's a sense of, of our expressing his blessedness, acknowledging it. And so we call that a prayer of blessing, uh, which is also very similar to a prayer of adoration, which in that sense, a humble acknowledgement of our creaturehood. Wow. Um, think of the, uh, on the Feast of the Epiphany, you've got the Magi, the wise men that show up and they adore the Lord. And what do they do? They open their treasures. They give over to him these gifts that they themselves have brought. And that's really what we do is that we, and you know, the gifts that they bring are gifts that they acquired, certainly. Uh, and that's the way it is with us too, is that we acknowledge that we are a creature. We acknowledge that we were created. And because God loves us enough to have created us, loves us enough that he wants us in a union with him that we just that the the contemplation just thinking about so great a love just makes us very humble reminds us because hum humility is after all an acknowledgement of our creaturehood reminds us we're not god remember it's uh, it's humility and obedience that are the things that dethrone king baby we talked about in our last talk so adoration. Then we got petition. This is, was mentioned uh, before in the definition of prayer. This idea of asking uh, for something. Maybe it's for seeking pardon or asking God to supply our needs. So notice in the definition we had a couple slides earlier that it talked about asking for things in accordance with God's will. Well, that's, again, we think about Jesus in the garden on uh, Holy Thursday night, where he says, not my, not as I will, but as you will, so that there's this acknowledgement that, sure, it would be nice to avoid the cross, uh, but he knew that that was a necessary thing. Um, but it's just that human expression of, um, of that need to turn over uh, our will to God's. That's why Christ came into the world, is out of obedience, we read in the letter of Paul to the Philippians. So when we ask for supplying our needs, it's not just saying, boy, I really need a, 
Alfa Romero, or I, I really need a million bucks. I really need to win the lottery. Um, yeah, no, I really want those things, I think is probably a more accurate reflection of what's going on. So is it really for our good? How will these things uh, serve us in our uh, eternal good? Most of the time, we don't have a very complete understanding of that. So the best we can do is just say, Lord, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. That is, you supply what I need for my sustenance, and that will suffice. Intercession. There is a, there's a sign of Christian charity. We're not just asking me, me, me all the time. We're actually mindful of other people. We're asking that God's will be done in the lives of others, and perhaps even to pray that, uh, uh, that God might assist others in accepting that will. Uh, being able to uh, cut through the jungle of uh, emotions and uh, those that selfishness that wants to get in the way. So intercession, we pray for other people. And of course, certainly we do that when we uh, remember those who have died, remember them at Mass. Uh, for example, that uh, we talk about uh, indulgences and praying for those who have died, assisting them in that uh, purgatory, in that purgation after their life on earth, if it's necessary for them. So, um, so intercession, a sign of our charity that we, uh, we look out for each other. And thanksgiving, of course, expressions of gratitude, um, which again, very much like the blessing and adoration, we, are, we just are grateful for all that God has done uh, in our lives. And praise, which is much like, again, like these other things, glorifying God simply because he is. It's just like uh, looking at a beautiful sunrise and you say, wow, that is really gorgeous. So it is. We just stop to consider God in, in uh, his glory. We can just say, wow. Now, we've got these six types of prayer that are listed in the compendium of the catechism. And I was looking at them, BAP, Blessing, Adoration, Petition, ITP, Intercession, Thanksgiving, Praise, BAPETIP, and BAPETIP doesn't really, or BAPTIP, BAPPIT, PABBIT, yeah, none of those just really grab me as a good way, a simple way to remember the different types of prayer. So when I was... Um, in school, they taught me four of them. They kind of reduced those six down to four and actually spell out a word, acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, and supplication. So adoration and thanksgiving kind of take in your blessing, adoration, uh, and praise. Uh, contrition, there's your petition and supplication petition, and also intercession is a type of supplication. Uh, that we're uh, our type of, uh, yeah, that we're asking for other people. And Thanksgiving, of course, is what it is. So acts, uh, if you want a simple way to remember uh, the different types of prayer. Now, really this whole series, this whole, um, my whole reason for putting these talks together was uh, to get kind of practical about the spiritual life. Why do we need a spiritual life? Again, because God is calling us 
to a loving union and and we're not just brains running around that we are souls that have bodies that, uh, that are that form us as human beings so how we live this life we see that prayer is a piece of that uh, reality as well so I wanted to be kind of a practical um, acknowledgement and understanding of what it is to live a human life but a, a human life guided by grace in uh, on the quest this the call to holiness so I, I want to be practical about this element as well how should we pray in other words what goes into prayer well first thing is um, prayer can be spontaneous it can be just uh, at the spur of the moment uh, while we're uh, sitting on the bus or um, uh, in the plane or in a waiting room you know nothing's going on so absolutely no reason why we can't just uh, take a brief moment and consider the Lord uh, absolutely fine however we want to develop a sort of a habit of prayer and that is to actually set aside some time to actually go to a place that where uh, we can focus on that relationship consider with friends I have a, a no fellow is a friend of mine who I know that when we're talking on the phone he's doing something else so we probably all have had that experience that you know kind of that far away yeah uh-huh sort of responses not really reacting to what I'm saying um, maybe long pauses uh, because he's not paying attention oh boy isn't that annoying so it is you know it's I just want to tell him and I and I have told him you know stop what you're you know pencils down eyes on father you know what do you you know let's pay attention here now well that's the idea in prayer as well sure um, a waiting room if there's nothing going on um, taking a little time to talk with God is certainly useful um, but if it's a busy airport and we're at the gate and there's all sorts of announcements coming over the loudspeakers and the person next to you is you know chewing on uh, uh, rock candy or something is making a commotion or whatever it is playing there that you can hear through their headset uh, whatever their music um, yeah you know that's just not going to be real helpful so to actually set aside some time to say this is I'm going to commit myself to my conversation with God and I'm going to do it in a place where I'm not going to get uh, uh, drowned out, sidetracked, or distracted. So distractions and our state of being, and I'll talk about that in a moment, these are things that affect our prayer. So distractions, um, like I say, if we're, uh, if we're <laughs> sitting in front of, we got our, our little devotional book or whatever we're using to, for our prayer, and I'm sitting in front of the TV uh, binge watching, uh, Game of Thrones or something well you know it's gonna be kind of hard for me to focus um, if I'm uh, uh, again state of being if I'm tired uh, it's the end of the day we'll talk about that too um, but I'm really tired uh, and I plop down in the most comfortable chair in the house uh, guess what I fall asleep or if I'm praying the end of the day and I'm really tired and I'm lying down in bed and guess what I fall asleep imagine that so you know having um, somebody once told me that prayer in the morning is like gold 
Prayer at noon is like silver. Prayer at night is like lead. And of course, it's kind of a, a comment on its comparative value, but also just the fact that it's true that the, as we go through the day, where there's energy going out of us. Now we can always try to kind of re regenerate and at various times, uh, even to take a quick moment in prayer uh, recollection. We talked about doing those little spot check inventories, uh, like my, the one fellow I know who stops every couple of hours. Now there's a chance to recharge our battery. So at the end of the day may not be the worst time. We may have a little bit of uh, ability to focus our thoughts. But again, that's, that's up to us and we have to figure out what's gonna work. So, you know, if I'm hungry, if I'm tired, if I'm sore after getting back from the gym, whatever uh, it is, these things can all be, uh, if I'm sick, uh, these things can all affect our, our, um, our prayer. Now I mentioned intrusive thoughts because when people think of distractions, that's usually one of the things, aside from, um, you know, uh, I've got the TV or the radio going, um, while I'm praying and, and so I'm finding my attention uh, dwelling on those things, well then turn it off. That's kind of easy. But what about thoughts? You know, we're, I'm sitting there, I got my prayer book, I'm all ready to go and I'm starting to think about I've got a job interview coming up um, and uh, I haven't really given much thought about how, you know, what I want to do for that. Maybe there's some questions I know they're going to ask that I haven't given much thought to or uh, whatever. Um, sometimes those intrusive thoughts, they can be kind of, um, I don't know, sort of uh, just mundane things that, that we can uh, put aside and work to put aside because they're not helpful in our prayer. For example, what am I going to have for lunch today? Um, but sometimes an intrusive thought, if it is something like the job interview coming up, you know, maybe uh, I've been worrying about it. Maybe it's something that I've been giving undue concern over. And so this might be a little way, a little opportunity for me to bring it to prayer and to say, okay, God, I've been obsessing about this job interview. Please grant me the serenity to just simply go with your will, whatever it is. I just help me to do my best, you know, and what happens, happens. Sometimes that intrusive thought, that might be a gentle way the Lord's using to, to say, bring it to me. You're holding it to yourself too much. Let go, give it to me, and let me work with it. So, like I say, sometimes intrusive thoughts may require our attention. They might actually become the, the center or the the reason uh, for our wanting to pray at a particular time. Time of day, as I said before, makes a difference. The end of the day, if we're really fatigued, um, it's hard to focus our attention. Yeah, we're probably, you know, our prayer doesn't mean don't pray, but just maybe we're not gonna be able to uh, do an entire rosary. You know, we might just be able to, to do a few prayers. That's fine, as long as we're taking time and we're being mindful of God, that's, that's fine. But again, time of day can make a difference. And forming a regular pattern can also make a big difference. Again, the idea of the habit of prayer, setting aside time, making it consistent, not just, um, uh, oh, I think I'll have some time maybe after lunch today. And then of course, uh, I get the phone call during lunch that I have to go to a meeting. 
that wasn't scheduled. And so lo and behold, I can't spend my prayer time. So the thing is, to, when we set aside a time, is it a time that I can observe consistently? Um, you know, for many people, it's right when they get up, kind of before starting the day. Uh, in fact, they even build in as part of the wake-up routine, you know, getting cleaned up and dressed. Um, they set in having breakfast. Uh, they have a little, um, you know, mark out 15 minutes, whatever, a half hour for prayer. There you go. Uh, then if we are constant with it, if we're consistent, then it becomes habitual. And a lot of the things that can um, be a problem in our prayer life, like distractions, like the time of day, um, become uh, manageable. Then there's this thing called aridity. Aridity just means dryness. Uh, it's just, uh, it's the, that reality that when I'm praying, sometimes it just feels like I'm talking to the wall or talking to the ceiling, that nothing's really happening. Um, well, the reality is a couple of things. One, that prayer, while it does involve a conscious contact with God, with this whole aim of uh, a loving union with him, Love, ultimately, while there can be a lot of nice feelings associated with love, it's an act of the will. It really is our desire, our desire for goodness and the pursuit of goodness in others especially. And in this case, we're pursuing goodness itself. We're, we're wanting a union with God. So if we're feeling, uh, if we're not feeling what uh, some people call warm fuzzies, if our our prayer life just seems kind of, um, well, the habit in the sense of it's just kind of uh, rote, it's just kind of routine. Um, that's all right. The fact of the matter is we're still bringing ourselves to prayer. Let's face it, in any relationship, there are times where um, it, we're not feeling, you know, head over heels crazy for people. Um, remember one spouse saying of her husband, she says, there's times, I mean, I know I love him. There's times I just don't like him. Um, maybe that's kind of the idea is that there's times in prayer that that those the sentiments, the feelings aren't going to be there. Uh, and sometimes it can be very difficult to get us to prayer uh, just because of that. There's just um, like anything else in life, if, if there's a sense of drudgery, if there's a sense of of duty without joy, um, yeah, then it becomes difficult. So again, those are things to bring to prayer. Lord, this is, I'm feeling a little dry here. Uh, it'd be nice to receive some consolation, but if that, if your idea is to strengthen my resolve, uh, then so be it, you know, just help me embrace that will. There it is. Because it can be. Sometimes our Lord, you know, says, okay, I'm going to give you a dry patch because um, I don't want you falling in love with the good feeling. I want you to fall in love with me. You know, stop playing with the wrapping paper and get to the present. So, um, again, aridity, it's a common difficulty along the spiritual journey. If we can learn to embrace it, work through it, then uh, we will, then we can make progress in that loving union with God. Uh, it's a way, like I say, it's a way of him sort of saying, do you really love me? Do you love me and me alone?
So what should I say when I pray? I mean, because often, you know, we're talking about jeepers. When you talk about all these different things you're talking about, uh, about words, it sounds like. So what do I say? How do I, how, literally, how do I pray? Well, sometimes no words are necessary. When we are praising God, just simply um, that the, the sheer joy of being with our Lord can be enough. Um, I used to comment on my parents when they were still living, um, recognizing their love for each other. Um, I'd see them of an evening, uh, dad home from work, mom, you know, dishes have been done after supper. And they're just sitting in the living room. TV might be on, uh, usually was, neither of them really watching it too, terribly closely. Dad was usually working his crossword puzzle. Mom was doing needlepoint. But there they were together in the living room together, and, and uh, clearly they were comfortable with each other. They wanted each other's company, and uh, there it was. So sometimes no words are necessary. But we can also, uh, you know, most of the time when we pray, we usually want to have something to say. And if we uh, want to look for something, sometimes uh, having other people's words um, I don't know, I, there's times where my, my words escape me. I don't always have the best way or can think of the most uh, insightful way of expressing myself. So yeah, a written prayer from a devotional book can be helpful. Um, uh, some prayer that maybe is found uh, in the text of a life of a saint. Uh, those are often good places to look uh, for, for some help. Obviously, sacred scripture is a good place to look, especially the book of Psalms. So for example, I'm gonna use this um, again too, but for now, um, a Psalm that, that I come across quite a lot in the prayers that I say uh, is Psalm 100. Um, psalm 100 is a very short Psalm, it's only a few verses long. And um, it's one that I can, just to say it out loud is, um, kind of a, a, a prayer. It is a prayer. It's a prayer in its own own right. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lambs. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of, the, of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Wow, what a wonderful little prayer. There it is, Psalm 100. Um, and there I just, by reading that psalm that King David wrote centuries ago, there's a prayer. And again, it's a prayer that was inspired by God. So having God give me the words to praise him um, is kind of, uh, consistent with that idea of how the Lord's gift of prayer uh, assists us in loving union with him. What's on my mind? There's a, that's also the simple thing. I don't need books necessarily. I don't need anything other than just what's going on in my life. I just bring myself my own words. Of course, I can always use my own words and express those in my prayer uh, when I pray. Lord, I'm feeling a lot of stress. Lord, I'm lonely. Lord, I'm tempted. Lord, I'm really happy. Um, whatever it is, just what's on my mind. 
So what should I say when I pray? Anything you want, as long as it's uh, it's uh, ordered towards in this idea, the idea is that I'm, I'm working towards a loving union with God. Now, let's talk about um, a, a kind of a distinction, I shouldn't say kind of, it is a distinction that's made uh, between prayer and what's called meditation. Um, now, meditation is a form of prayer, but um, uh, people make a distinction, and we'll see kind of how that, how, what the difference is as we go along here. But let's let's look at what how some people make uh, the difference, the distinction between them. Some will say that prayer involves words, and meditation doesn't. So meditation is a sort of as a quiet inward sort of thing where prayer involves words, maybe, um, you know, uh, spoken words, whereas meditation is a more interior, uh, uh, you know, that inner voice. Some say that prayer is uh, making a request. Remember, that was one of the uh, parts of the definition from the compendium that we saw earlier, that petition. Uh, prayer can be a petition. So some simply say prayer is when we make a petition and meditation is when we just simply are abiding silently. We're not asking for anything. We're just being. So it's kind of a doing versus being uh, difference. Some say that, um, and I've heard this used uh, in different contexts, that prayer is us talking to God and that meditation is God talking to us. Um, I find that probably the least satisfactory, um, but uh, I understand the sentiment uh, insofar as that um, in prayer, it seems like we do an awful lot of the work. You know, we're the ones reciting the rosary or uh, whatever, uh, reading the prayer out of the book, uh, forming the words out of our own thoughts, whereas meditation is just abiding quietly and allowing the Lord to just sit with us. Um, that sounds like him more talking with us. So because may, maybe we um, start gaining a little uh, different insight on things or maybe a dif different appreciation, whatever it is. So yeah, okay. I mean, I understand the thinking, but even in prayer, God does speak to us, even if we might be doing most of the heavy lifting. And sometimes prayer is understood as like a formal address, you know, the, again, uh, um, like the mass, uh, these prayers that uh, uh, people have sat down and thought over and carefully crafted and written, whereas meditation is just kind of more of a casual, I plop myself down in a quiet room in a chair and, and I got a candle or whatever, and um, I just have this little talk with God. It's not formal. There isn't any. Uh, there aren't any uh, written things that uh, uh, I, I that I'm reading. Okay. Yeah. These are these are some uh, ways that people try to draw the difference between prayer. But what is it? Let's let's talk about what meditation uh, is, and especially uh, especially from those who are pretty good at practicing it. One of them in particular, Saint Teresa of Avila. She says, meditation is an intimate friendship, a frequent heart-to-heart -heart conversation with him by whom we know ourselves to be loved. 
So God loves us again. So she's basically just saying it's an intimate friend. She's talking about a loving union with God and that it's the conversation that flows. It's like when we spend time with people we care about and we talk with them. That's what meditation is. It's the intimate, it's the friendship, it's the bond that exists. So um, just like uh, when two good friends are together, um, I always, I think of like a movie. You know, you go to, a, friends would ask me, do you want to go to a movie? And I'd always wonder, I'd think, well, yeah, I mean, I like spending time with you, but that's not really, I mean, I'm spending time with you in the sense that you're going to be in the seat next to me, but we're both going to have our attention focused on the screen and what's going on. It's not like we're going to gain any uh, great intimacy uh, through a, a, a deeper insight into the, the thoughts of each other. You know, we're not having a conversation. We're just watching a movie. No, that's just it. That the friendship itself is strengthened by the fact that we are together, even if the object of our coming together isn't each other. I mean, it is each other, but it, the fact is we're going to see a movie together. <coughs> so, yeah, um, the friendship, it's the bond. that uh, That's what Teresa of Avila is, is uh, emphasizing. And it's this bond that leads us into that heart-to-heart -heart, uh, conversation. So it doesn't have to be mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth in the sense of talking, mouth-to-ear, um, but it's heart-to-heart. -heart. And um, meditation, as I said, it is a type of prayer, and um, sometimes uh, it's referred to as mental prayer as opposed to vocal prayer. Vocal prayer meaning... Um, not necessarily that it's spoken, you know, that our vocal cords are involved, but that it's, but that it's uh, more word-based, whereas meditation is more mind-interior-based, so a vocal prayer versus mental prayer. Although we want to remember that sometimes words form a part of mental prayer. Usually they, it doesn't. I mean, that, it tends to be more vocal prayer. But, um, but sometimes, even in our mental prayer, there are thoughts which involve words. Um, so, yeah, it can be there. But again, I like Teresa of Avila's emphasis on the union, the friendship um, between us and the one whom we know uh, loves us, whom we know ourselves to be loved by whom. That's just a, a wonderful. Um... Now, again, we talked about how do I pray? Um, you know, well, what do I say when I pray? Because I understand it's, you know, it's, it's kind of these words rolling off my, my tongue. Um, well, how do I meditate? What, and is, there a, is there a process for that too? Well, sure in Begora there is. Um, this little method uh, is, is one that um, the mystical writers uh, talk about in one way or another, uh, but it comes down to these basic principles and they're good ones. So again, once we find ourselves uh, at a time that we've set aside for some prayer, and you know, we got to give ourselves a little bit of time for meditation, um, just because as we see the elements that make it up, uh, we don't want to rush. We want to take some time, just like we don't just pop in on a friend and say hi and dash out. We want to spend some time with them. So um, it takes some time, uh, 15 minutes, is not a bad start, and if we can expand on that, all the better. But as we see, it's going to take a little time. 
So the first thing, the preparation, and here there can, there's a couple of different ways that we prepare. Uh, there can be what we call the remote preparation. That is just how in general do I uh, set myself up to enter into time of prayer? Um, am I going? Am I rushing in? Oh, oh, it's five minutes. I got you know. I got I got to get to prayer. Uh, so I come in all distracted and hot and sweaty. That's probably not going to um, put me in a good frame of mind to enter into a loving conversation, a heart to heart with God. So. My remote preparation, am I um, keeping uh, tranquil? Am I keeping a certain sense of serenity um, as I approach prayer? Uh, what have I, um, you know, how have I been keeping God always in my thoughts uh, somewhere? You know, have I been mindful of God regularly? These are just sorts of things. Or uh, again, more remote, okay, I'm not praying right now, um, but I, you know, I know when I come for my meditation time, I want to. Uh, meditate on its Lent. So let's talk about um, the passion of our Lord or it's Easter. Let's talk about the resurrection, the life of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I find a good book that maybe talks about those things. So, you know, so it requires me going to, to the religious bookstore, the library or something. Um, so there's, there's a preparation I can do that we call that remote because it's not the preparation right at the time we're sitting down for meditation. Immediate preparation is what are we doing when we sit down? And here, basically, the, the process is acknowledging the presence of God. God is always with us. We know that. But we're not always mindful of that presence, just like we're not always aware that we're, you know, the, the, the weight of the clothing that we're wearing uh, or the, uh, the air that we're breathing uh, is just there. So... How do we uh, then become mindful? And of course, one good way that we become mindful when we begin our prayers with the sign of the cross, we can also just make a very simple prayer, come Lord Jesus. Uh, that's a simple way, but, but we're just basically uh, putting a little hedge around this time, a little fence to say, I'm blocking this off. I am entering into a time of meditation. So acknowledge the presence of God. There's our preparation. The next step, um, selection of materials. Just okay. So what am I gonna do? What what's what's what am I? So a couple of things. Um, if there's a reading, maybe from the life uh, life of a saint or from a spiritual book. Um, maybe it's uh, we're in church and uh, there's a a statue or a stained glass window that's particularly captivating uh, that we just want to look at and consider. Uh, the crucifix, a very popular thing that people uh, look upon, the stations of the cross, uh, each uh, the depictions at each of the stations can be something that uh, that's just grist for the mill, something to, to, to put before our, our imagination, our thoughts. Um, being before the Blessed Sacrament, considering our Lord in the Eucharist, for example, uh, in our reading, uh, I'll, I'll use Psalm 100 again. I use Psalm 100 as, a, as an example of prayer, a vocal prayer, just simply reciting it. Um, but we can also make it a source of meditation, and let's, we'll do that. We'll make that our selection of material for this exercise, for this uh, sample of, of a format for meditation. Next, the consideration. So we, we have a picture, or we have... Um, the crucifix, 
you know, we consider it. Who is this? This is Jesus. What's, you know, what is it? His suffering and death for love of me to stop and consider that. Okay, well, here's the consideration. Let's consider Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lambs. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. So I just consider to think that the Lord has made me. What a beautiful thing. What an awesome reality to have life and that it's a life that has been touched by God. How many people make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lambs? How many lambs, how many people in my life do I know that struggle so much? that it would be nice if they could know that love of God. So just to consider that, consider God's mercy, that uh, that desire that he has for us to be in a relationship with him. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. Again, what a beautiful thought, a good thing to consider. Who is it that, in, you know, why is it? What sort of love is it that that would take the time to fashion me as he did and, and to really, for me, to wrap my mind around the fact I am worthwhile, that God deems me worthy, deems me worth the time, as he went through the trouble to create me. Enter his courts with thanksgiving and with praise. Yeah, what about, as I'm thinking about this, again, just considering how marvelous and how thankful I am for that gift. All right, so there's some thoughts, some considerations, some ways. I'm just taking Psalm 100, the words that are listed there, and I'm just giving voice to, in this exercise um, to some considerations, some things I can just allow to, uh, to mill about in my head. And then the conversation. So now I can say that, Lord, I am so grateful. I am grateful and very humble, too, in knowing that in your in your infinite greatness and all that you've created, that you've created me, you've created all those in my life, that we can all be a sign of your presence, a, a reflection of your goodness to each other. What, an, what a wonderful thing. So there's some thanksgiving that I, I offer. Maybe some sorrow I can recognize. And Lord, I've not always been grateful. I've been selfish at times. I, you know, so I just think of that and I just, um, I guess, pardon for those moments of selfishness when I haven't acknowledged you as my creator and that you've created me for a relationship with you. Um, I hold in a petition. So, um, you know, I ask that as I go from here that I may be more mindful, that you would continue to prompt me with your little uh, puffs of actual grace. If you take us back to that, that lecture. Um, whatever it is, but just um, there's the conversation. No, again, I'm expressing in words things that can just simply be feelings in my heart, can be just kind of an abstract thought, um, whatever it is, but that's what we're doing. So when we talk about conversation, it doesn't have to be a formal speech like a prayer. It can just be simply my own acknowledgement of things. And then finally, having done that, we conclude and so, okay, um, St. Francis de Sales talks about um, having a little, uh, little bouquet, a little spiritual bouquet to take away with us um, that we can, you know, the flowers are fragrant. And so as we tramp back into the world that can get kind of stinky at times, we can take a moment and just take a whiff of those nice little flowers in, of our prayer that we've gathered. 
So let's take, you know, so we think about that. So, okay, I want to be mindful. I want to be mindful of, of God's presence and his great love for me. I want to be more mindful in how I treat other people um, as a reflection of God's love for me. Um, so those are things that some thoughts I can take away with me and I can continue to reflect on. So when I do, for example, my examination of conscience at the end of the day, now I've got kind of a, a point, I've got a, a pointed analysis, I've got something specific I can hone in on. How have I lived a life of gratitude for the way God has created me? How has my day, how did, how did I spend uh, parts of my day in loving uh, worship through my activity? How can I be better at that in the future. So there I've taken my meditation and the fruit of my meditation, I'm allowing it to help me in my, uh, in my examination of conscience in that, that uh, inventory. I can ask about uh, fear, resentment, ego, uh, dishonesty, and gratitude. Um, how in light now of this reality of the Lord's making me, having thought about and meditated on Psalm 100. All right, so my goodness, uh, we've come through a lot of material, talked about a lot of different things, but there's been a kind of a pattern. There's a there's a, a cycle, if you will, that all of these talks are meant to uh, point out. First off, that prayer and meditation put us in conscious contact with God. As I mentioned, God is everywhere, so we're always in contact with God. I mean, He holds us in being, so we can never not be. Uh, in contact with God, but this is conscious contact. And we're aware that God is with us, and we're and we're mindful in our conversation with Him. So prayer, meditation, put us in conscious contact with God, and conscious contact with God makes us more receptive to His grace. If we're aware of His presence, then we're aware of His working, and one of the ways He works with us is by pouring out His love, His which is His grace into our hearts. And so we're more receptive to it because we're going to the source. We're consciously connected with the one who is goodness, who is love itself. And so his grace is, we open up, his grace is able to enter more readily into our hearts. And when his grace is uh, more readily into our hearts, we respond more generously to his presence. That is, we seek his will, not our own will. King baby is without a kingdom uh, because it's God's kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So that's what happens. Our generous response to God's grace makes us more completely configured to God's will, becomes a more, uh, more united act. And so, in fact, we start as... as uh, as it says in scripture, we put on the mind of Christ. That is, we start thinking like, just like good friends, when we know people really well, we kind of know how they're going to react to things or what they like. And so we know what they're, how they're going to behave to certain things. Well, it's the same way with Christ. As we start putting on, as we start having this conscious contact with God through our prayer, we're allowing his grace to enter more fully into our lives then we start thinking like Christ. We can start anticipating in our own actions how Christ would have us live. So again, our lives, our wills begin to conform 
uh, more completely with God's will. And when that happens, when our uh, will starts to configure more completely with God's, then guess what? With that loving union uh, is what takes place because we're becoming one. We're becoming one in mind and one in heart. Our desires, our will, and our intellect are all centered on the same thing. And when that happens, guess what? We want to spend time in prayer and meditation. So loving union with God says, well, I want to talk with it. Just I'm connected. I'm, I'm in love with God. I want to spend time with God. How do we spend time with God? In prayer and meditation. And so the cycle repeats itself. Well, we've come a long way uh, talking about just how we are put together as human beings, uh, the special uh, properties, faculties, and operations that the human soul possesses, and how it is that given our human nature and these, these particular powers and gifts, how it is God calls us to be in a loving union with him. And that unfortunately, we don't always accept that invitation. On the contrary, we run off in our own direction. And as a result of original sin, that, uh, that desire to run off on our own is pretty strong. But it's not uh, insuperable. It can be conquered and it's conquered by our willingness to turn our lives over to Christ which we do by first off finding out where it's happening in our lives. How is it that, that our selfishness is setting up King Baby and so we can depose him by God's grace and that grace we have access to through uh, our prayer and meditation. And of course, uh, that's going to lead us to love of our neighbors and all of everything else just flows from that. Um, but. There it is. It was a nice, uh, nice time to, to spend with you to talk about all of these things. Hopefully you've gained some insight, a little understanding, and um, keep praying and keep letting God, uh, keep turning your will over to him. Keep let God do great things in your life. And as, as we conclude, I'll offer this little prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for creating us, for calling us to a loving union with you. We pray that as we go, mindful now of how it is you work in our lives, we may be always generous in our response to your grace, to those little promptings you give us. May we be ever mindful of how we can be of greater service to you, to our brothers and sisters. And we make all of these prayers through Christ our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.